Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Absolutely Not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. I am a certified career coach and HR consultant who created this space because so many professionals out there have difficulties setting boundaries at work. And I just don't want you to have difficulties doing that anymore. So I bring resources onto the show so I can ask them about their experiences setting boundaries so we can both learn from them together. Before we dive into today's topic, I like to define words that we use frequently on the show. The first being boundary. My special guest today shared with me a boundary of not placing their work email on their phone. I know, right? So easy to say, but it's a really big boundary for a lot of us. Gaslighting to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. For example, if you go up to your manager and say, hey, Bob, Jill, George was being really offensive in the break room. Could you go talk to them real quick? And your manager says, I've never heard Bob, Jill, or George talk like that. Are you sure that's what you heard? That's gaslighting. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. Once again, my special guest shared an amazing example of when you bring a concern to your manager or a coworker and they kind of laugh at it or chuckle at it and then move forward quickly. They don't even consider it something they should be concerned with. I know. And I I felt that in my chest because that's something I've I've experienced before and we're gonna get into it today. Today's episode is entitled, Y'all Hiring? I know, what a good episode title. I'm super excited to dive into it. And our special guest today is gonna talk about why it's entitled that. My special guest today is Albert Phillips Jr. Albert is the founder and CEO of Free Black Mind Educational Group LLC, a company that creates educational resources for black youth. He specializes in urban education and youth development. Albert earned a master of science degree in education from John Hopkins University and a bachelor of science degree in journalism from Morgan State University. Albert resides in Baltimore. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be on your show. And I'm excited for you to be here. (laughs) Could you talk about the title of today's episode, Y'all Hiring? Yeah, a thousand percent. So Y'all Hiring is actually the title of my my new book. I guess I can still call it my new book. Um, Y'all Hiring, The Black Teen's Guide to Navigating Employment. And it's a book that I released uh, uh, October of last year uh, during a pandemic, which we're still in. Um, but I released it because I wanted to provide Black youth a, a guide to employment in a, in a way that I felt like was missing. Uh, in my work in workforce development, um, a lot of the tools and the resources that we were sharing with our young people were, were just not culturally competent. They weren't, they weren't real world enough. Um, they didn't speak the language and connect to the young people in a way that I really wanted it to. And so I decided to try my luck <laughs> and write my own book and uh, use a lot of information that I learned along the way. And in the book, you'll also learn about my uh, teenage employment journey, or at least some of it. It's hard to put it all in one book, but um, <laughs> I encourage you to check it out at yallhiring.com. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm, I'm so happy that you wrote a book that's in it's on something that so many of us could have used in our teen lives, me, myself included. Um, um, so does y'all hiring kind of touch on setting boundaries before moving into new organizations? 
Yeah, so a lot of the book, it, the undertone of it is like empowerment, uh, which I feel like is the opposite of a lot of employment stuff. A lot of employment stuff is very com competitive, mm. it's very combative, it's divisive, I feel like in some ways. But in the book, I try to um, empower young people while also educating them about employment. So when it comes to setting boundaries, I believe that a core part of that is knowing who you are and knowing your value, your standards, and what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, even before getting a job. Like some of that has to be established, at least in my opinion, before walking into the workplace. Um, of course, you'll get more of that as you're there and as you transition as a professional. Um, but in the book, I do in, in, um, encourage young people to know who they are, mm -hmm. right, as a strategy of, of setting boundaries. I love that you touched on the current job search methods and how they don't really empower you to be the individual that you are. I've never thought of it. And so thank you so much for bringing that to the table. Um, the empowerment piece of setting boundaries is great. Um, are you currently setting boundaries in your life? Yeah, all the time. I feel like it's a, it's a practice, right? It's not, it's not like a boom, I hit it, I'm good, right? It's, it's not a, um, a stop, but it's, it's an ongoing practice um, that I'm, I'm always trying to, to figure out new ways and new things to do in order just to ultimately be the best person that I can be. Like beyond a, a job, I care about myself as a person. And that's something that I'm, I'm trying to do more and more uh, with, you know, with setting boundaries and other things. So um, currently, as you mentioned earlier, um, I decided even before I got this job, to not put my work emails on my phone. And I know everybody does it. It's just like a natural practice when you get a new job, well, let me set it up. But I've done that at every job, um, except the one that I'm at. And I, I saw the results of that. I saw myself on the weekends, getting up early in the morning, like, oh, let me check this. Oh, this is another task. I'm making notes to myself on like Saturday morning at seven o'clock in the morning to do something on Monday when I go into work. I'm like, that's not productive. It's not good for my mindset. And it's not good for me as an employee. So that's just something that I personally decided not to do. And that's a boundary that I set. And I'm, and I'm happy I did it. It worked out. I'm happy for you as well. I love that you said that's something you had to recognize in yourself, that you were doing that on Saturday. You were taking notes. You were looking at emails real quick. So before that, before you recognizing it in yourself, there, there's nobody else who's going to be like, hey, man, don't put that on your phone. Like, try to keep make sure your boundaries are in place. It has to start with you. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned practice and I love that because <laughs> I don't know why it reminds me of that. Um, we talking about the game, the game, that I, <laughs> excuse me, but um, practice is a word that reminds us that it's, it's ongoing. It's not something that we're gonna be a pro at out the gate. Once you say, okay, I'm gonna set boundaries in my life. No, it needs practice. You have to hone this skill. Um, how skilled are you right now? Do you have difficulties or are you a pro right now? When it comes to setting boundaries? Yes. Uh, I don't know about pro. That, it's hard for me to carry that title, um, but I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm getting better. Um, it's, it's crazy because during a pandemic, Right. Like it caused people to do things that they wouldn't normally do. And it caused people to have to deal with things that they wouldn't typically have to deal with um, outside of a pandemic or, or outside of like working from home all the time. And so um, like I, when, 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 it's, when a pan pandemic first started and I started working from home, like 
I feel like people didn't understand my work schedule anymore. And so I might have family members, friends just calling me at like all like random times. And I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm really at work. I know I'm home, but I'm like, I'm really working. <laughs> like I'm trying to, I'm trying to get stuff done. I'm trying to project plan. I'm trying to do this. And it's like, I had to, um, I had to create a boundary of like letting people know like, Hey, during these times, right. I know your schedule might be flexible, but I'm, I'm, I can call you during my lunch break, you know what I'm saying? Or something like that. But I can't just on a, on a whim, just pick up at all times of the day. Um, and so I'm still trying to get better with that, you know, and not just that practice, but in general, you know, just understanding, you know, how best to work right now that's most beneficial for me. Um, and even thinking about the transition that's about to happen. Um, some companies are deciding to continue to allow employees to work from home, while other ones are like, all right, let's ramp this thing up and come on back <laughs> in the office. So that's another transition, right? Um, I, I started a new job in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, which was like crazy because I, I think I, out of all of the coworkers that I work with now, I've only met like three of them in person. Um, so it's like I'm all of these people who I'm building relationships through a screen, uh, which is which is just weird. So, you know, like I said earlier, boundary setting is is an ongoing practice, and I'm I'm trying to get better with it every day. And I love that. And, and the empowerment part of your book is definitely going to help other people to set boundaries, like you said, before they go into organizations or even when they're a part of organizations. Um, so you are a semi-pro at setting boundaries. Could you talk about a time that you have you have had difficulty setting boundaries at work? Yeah. So, you know, at work, you can easily get bogged down with a hundred projects, a hundred tasks, a um, hundred things to do, right? And uh, productivity is still at an all-time high. That's one of the things I, I, I don't like right now is that um, even during the pandemic, like a lot of jobs still expected their employees to continue to perform at the same level that they were, like when they were in the office or in the workplace or whatever, in the midst of so much going on. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like things didn't slow down, maybe in certain industries, certain areas, but everything didn't like universally slow down to give people enough space to pause and to breathe, to take care of themselves, take care of their families. Um, and so for me, um, you know, one of the difficulties has been just, just understanding, and this is even beyond just my job really, but even just understanding like when to, when to cut things off Right. Uh, when to say, all right, this is the end of my work day. This is this is the end of this task for today. I'll get it get to it tomorrow. Um, and even, you know, talking to my supervisor and working with her and, and helping her to understand, like, the capacity of employees. You know, um, she's very understanding. She's great. But just in general, like jobs have to understand the capacity of employees, like how much did they how much they can do. Um, especially like all at the same time. because so there's so much going on at every given second. But, um, you know, sometimes em em employees have to speak up and say like, hey, I got 50 things here. I can't add another 50, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's, that's the tough deadline. Let's maybe restructure some things. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, some employees, um, some employees will be open to that. Some won't, um, but, you know, that's another part of boundary setting. Like, just understanding like like what your capacity is and how much you can do 
because you might have, you know, some people I know they they might have a, a child in the other room. Mm-hmm. They trying to help the child with schoolwork, make sure they logged on while they're on the computer. Mm-hmm. And then something else is going on, trying to make lunch, dinner. It's just all types of things going on, <laughs> going on in the household. And so, um, you know, I, I found that my job has been understanding, you know, if, hey, I got to run out to get some medication for my grandma because, mm-hmm. you know, she, she need her medication, you know. Um, I, I don't know why she just called me five minutes ago, but <laughs> that's my grandma, you know what I'm saying? Like, regardless, I'm going to support her. So just different things like that. Um, fortunately, my job has been understanding, but I know some people who haven't, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's tough. That's, um, and thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm so glad that your organization is understanding. I love that you use the word capacity because I, I think I use the word limits a lot, expectations, but capacity capacity means a lot to me because you paired it with individuals. Um, every single individual in each organization has a different capacity. And I think when we were all in the office, people didn't really talk about that much. Like maybe Susan had a picture of her kid, but then maybe you didn't know that Greg also has kids. And now that Greg works at home, he has to take care of those kids. So yeah, the capacity has changed so much of what we can do. Um, I also started a job during the pandemic. And I remember my boss just being like, here, go a laptop, like go, like do your job at home. Not knowing that like there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. This lap, this little laptop is not gonna hold us afloat. Well, I have to also teach my go take care of my son, cook dinner and change diapers. Wow, that's so very insightful. See, and this is why you're here. So we can learn about it. Um, What got you excited or what kind of pushed you to the point beyond the pandemic to say, hey, I have to cut things off. I have to make sure these boundaries are in place. Yeah, I mean, for some people, their job defines them. Um, my job is a, is a part of who I am, is a, is a huge part of who I am, but it doesn't just define, it's not my totality. And so I have to understand that sometimes, you know, I've, like I've been reading a lot more and that's something that I enjoy doing and I, I can't be stuck on my screen if I want to read, right? I'm, I'm trying to exercise more. I can't be thinking about work or working on an assignment when I need to take care of my, my physical health, you know, re- reduce some stress in my life. So. I just have to, again, value myself. And so that's, like I said, beyond the pandemic, my self-value has risen, I feel like, over the last maybe year or so, just naturally. Um, and so that's that's going to show up in different ways. And one of those ways is saying, hey, I got to pause on work. You know, for today, this is the limit. And, and that, that time might change. You know, some, some days it might be five. Some days it might be a little later than that. Like, I'm really trying to crush something out. But... You know, on the, on the weekends, I got other things going on, right? I have family, I have friends, I have other commitments, I have other things that I value. So that that can't be my whole life, mm-hmm. right? And I, and I know some people who, they they allow their job to be their whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some people find, they love it. Like they find value in getting up one, two in the morning and, and working on projects. I'm just like, look, I, I that's not me. <laughs> um, and that, does, that doesn't mean that I'm not as dedicated as you. But, you know, we just got two different vantage points when it comes to this job thing. And so that's something that I've just been conscious about and I want to continue to be conscious about, um, you know, as I continue to grow as a, as a professional. Right. Um, the, the 
phrase that you used, you said some of those people find value in their work. Like the, that's what the only, kind of the only place where they can see the value coming from it within their life. And that really makes my heart hurt, but it also reminds me of a time when that was me. Without boundaries, that was me. I only found value through the work that I was doing for an organization. Um, for anybody listening out there, it is so important what Albert said, um, you need to find value in yourself and what you're doing for yourself. Um, because let me tell you, that job will replace you tomorrow if they could, if they decide to. And then where will you find your value? You need to find it elsewhere. So very important. The life lessons we are learning today. Thank you so much. Um, so when you're setting boundaries now in your life um, or when you set them at work, what's your go-to phrases on setting boundaries? My go-to phrases is... Um, one, think about, obviously, like I said earlier, think about what's, what's best for me. Um, I also think about how, how is this going to affect other people? So like, for example, if, if we're working on, let's say a project, right? And my, with my team at work, we're working on a project and it's, it's taking, you know, it, it, everybody on my team is like, hey, we're gonna bang out till eight o'clock at night to, to work on this project, right? I might have to say, hey, <laughs> I'm not gonna do that until eight o'clock at night because I got other things going on. But what I'm willing to do is whatever my contribution is, I'll certainly get it done. Um, if So if it's due the next day, you know, I don't know, whatever time is due the next day, I'll get it done by the deadline, but I'm, I'm not gonna stay with y'all, um, you know, and this is hypothetical. My team has, hasn't done this, I'm just, <laughs> but, I, I just know that I would exclude myself from that. But in doing that, I would make sure that I communicate with other people mm. and let them know. I wouldn't just like not show up to the to the group huddle with a the midnight workathon, <laughs> but I would I would say something, you know, because what you do affect affects other people. Another boundary, and this kind of went back to something that you mentioned earlier, but another boundary is when you are on a vacation, when you are off work. Oh my goodness. You know, so many people be like, but if you really need me, contact, no, <laughs> me. don't contact me at all. Whatever it is, unfortunately, we're gonna have to deal with it when I come back. But I, but in saying that, I know that I wanna structure my work so that by, you know, when I'm getting close to leaving, which I'm actually going on vacation next week. So when I'm getting close to leaving, I wanna be able to slow things down. Mm. I wanna be able to inform my team of projects and tasks that I'm working on so that, that it, the burden is not thrown on them to, to figure things out. Um, and I want to communicate with other partners, people that I'm working with to say like, hey, during this time, I'm going to be out. Once I come back, I'm happy to pick this back up. But I'm not going to put on my away message, hey, but if you really need me, call me. <laughs> but I know some people that do that. I'm, I'm not doing that. Um, I love that you're so in tune with yourself that, you know, before this vacation, I want to slow down. I think a lot of people are fearful even of putting in that PTO because they're like, I know once I come back, it's going to be like 60 emails or 75. But have you had that conversation with yourself on what you need and what you don't want from your team? Yeah, um, and what I schedule when I come back, I think the first maybe day or two that I come back, I don't have a lot of meetings and things. So mm -hmm. I have time to, to look back and 
check the emails. I put it all on my calendar. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm doing everything perfect. And I'm also not saying that I was always like this. Mm -hmm. These are practices, again, it's an ongoing thing. So I'm, I'm trying to get better, you know, as I go different years, different jobs. Uh, but that's something that I proactively did. Well, and I, I love that you're admitting to us that this hasn't been the case always. Um, could you kind of talk about a time where you wish you had set a boundary at work and you didn't and it ended up kind of not so positively? Yeah. Um... I mean, I just, even when I think about the, the PTO piece, I, I, I remember working places, I think maybe even at my last job when I was off, or I think I may have even been sick and, you know, someone contacted me about something work-related or job-related and I just was like, hey, in my mind, I was like, hey, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this, but in that moment, I did it, right? I had the discussion, I picked up the phone. I took time out of my PTO, <laughs> right? I might as well just be in the office if, if I'm gonna have a 30 minute meeting phone conversation with you about something that's work related. Um, you know, and sometimes people will make things urgent that are not that urgent. Um, they'll make things like, we need today, I have to talk to you because, and it's like, nah, if, if, I would, if you would have waited next week, it would have been the same outcome. It would have been fine. Um, and so it, that's tough. That's a tough thing to kind of analyze in a moment. Um, especially if it's something that you haven't gone through before. Mm -hmm. And I'm really big on like employee power and, 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 and being able to advocate for yourself in the workplace, uh, which is not always easy to do, especially when, like I said, people make things, everything is super urgent or um, th there's sometimes in workplaces, there are practices where people are off, but they're not off. Mm. Right. And so if everybody around you is putting on their uh, PTO message, like, hey, reach me if you need me. And then you're the person who's like, hey, don't reach me. <laughs> you could become an outcast, you know, even though it's like, yo, like this is why do I have to uh, why do I have to subscribe to this just because y'all doing it? Mm -hmm. But it still make you feel like I'm out of the loop. People looking at me strange. And so it's, it's not an easy practice to do. And that's also a lot of looking within yourself and saying, okay, how long can I do this? How long can I be an outcast? How long can I be out of the loop and feel like this? Because y'all don't know what healthy boundaries are. That's yep. not my problem. But <laughs> yeah, so it's a lot of looking within yourself. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Um, if you could share one more time of when you've had to set a boundary with a manager or maybe a coworker. Mm. I'm um, thinking about a, a coworker. So I think definitely, and I think we spoke about this before when I was I was working in a school, and so one of the one of the my, one of my red flags or one thing that I just don't tolerate is like adults talking down about young people, especially in front of me. Like I just feel offended. I'm like, watch your tone, watch your language. Like, come on now, we we we're not gonna have that. And so. Um, there was a woman, <clears throat> a white teacher that was very just belittling to a young girl who's in the school. This, this, this girl had built up a reputation of being a quote unquote bully or um, just one of the kind of rougher girls in a school. Um, I attribute that to, you know, a lot of her home environment. She, she's had a lot of difficulties. I, I met her mom and things like that. She had a lot of difficulties. And, um, you know, as a, as a community, 
we have to continue to wrap our arms around all of our children, you know, whether we like them, whether they are a quote unquote favorite or not, they still a part of us. And so that's just the way that I, that's the way that I roll. And so this particular teacher, well, this, this student came to school one day and the student um, had like a black eye. I guess she was in a fight. <clears throat> and um, this teacher just was like, oh, that's what that B get, you know, called out her name, you know what I'm saying? And I just, I'm just like, what? And so I kind of looked around just to see like, is it just me? I'm just the only person I heard that. <laughs> Um, and so, um, I, I had to pause for a second because I just was, I just didn't, I don't understand how you would even, uh, come to a thought in your mind to, you know, curse when, when saying like referencing a child, you know, um, it's, it's so wrong on so many levels. Anyway, um, later on, I ended up approaching the teacher, having an interaction with her, uh, letting her know I didn't agree with the language. She didn't really... You know, she she kind of hit me with one of those things like, oh, you know, that's just how that's just how I talk, or that's just how I was feeling. I can't remember that exact response, but I'm just like, man, like you're in the wrong profession, then. like this is not something that you should be doing, um, especially if you're saying it. I, you know, so many so many folks have these mindsets, but you even willing to say it like blatantly, um, and so that's 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 one of my boundaries. Like, watch the way that you talk about children around me, um, you know. Do they have struggles, problems? Absolutely, a thousand percent, especially in urban community, especially in schools that I've worked in and, and been a part of. But it's a certain it's a certain type of way that you talk about children, right? If you wanna talk about your friends and whoever that way, go for it. But these are children that are still very malleable um, and they're sponges, right? And we gotta to continue to pour into them. So that's one of my boundaries. And what a very good boundary to have. I'm, I, I need time to process that. Um, what an awful educational leader. Like what? Um, thank you so much for sharing that experience with us. Um, and once again, when you're in a room where you know that you have a personal boundary and nobody else is kind of leading the charge on setting that boundary that you all should be setting as a professional even i as an hr professional i've had that happen several times where um people will come to us with sexual harassment claims or discrimination claims and then everyone in the room will be like well we have to fire that person i'm like oh and then i have to set that boundary for myself saying like i don't agree with this at all that is not the way we should handle this we definitely should be going ABC and not all the way. What the hell was that? It's, and um, it's the same thing that schools do with suspension, right? It's like, oh, you out of here. I mean, I, I grew up, I remember, I remember going to Catholic school and one of my best friends, Eddie, who passed away, uh, God bless his soul, the school hated him. Like he, we, were, we were young black kids going to this white Catholic school. And so anything he did, suspension. Suspension, suspension. Today, suspended him enough to expel him from the school. Um, you know, obviously, he needed other supports. A, a suspension wasn't his, wasn't the thing that was helping him, and it, it you know, rarely ever helps us, really. But um, you know, I agree with you. You know, going to that, going to that, that full, that full limit. Um, you know, you, you got to have steps. You got to have interventions um, in order to to work things out.
And wow, so many good words found in this. I know that you mentioned that this work is very personal to you, um, specifically for Black youth. And that's why you are the founder of your own LLC to empower them, in, especially in the hiring process with your brand new book. Um, why do you stay? <laughs> Why do you stay in this field, even though it's kind of heart wrenching and you kind of the, there's a lot of systems in place that are kind of pinning you pinned uh, pinned against you? Yeah. Why do you stay in this field? Because uh, I'm needed. Uh, black men are, are needed in education. Uh, black men are needed to be mentors, uh, to work with youth. You know, we we are missing from the conversations. We're not valued enough. We're not seen enough. And so, my presence is is needed in a space. And so that's that's why I'm here. Um, and, I, and I also know the value of so many black men who poured into me, you know, uh, whether it was my dad, I had, I, I still talk to my sixth grade social studies teacher. I still talk to my 10th grade uh, US history teacher. And so um, I, I just see the value in it. And I, and I know that the, the, the long-term implications far outweigh the trivial day-to-day kind of drama that you deal with. Um, I think the last time I checked in public education, at least only 2% of the teachers are black men, right? So that's, that's an issue, that's a problem. And that's something that um, I feel like one of the ways that you challenge that and that you work towards eliminating that is getting more black men in education. Um, and there's plenty of research out there that also suggests that black teachers, especially black men, they, they have a positive influence on all students, not even just black students, but on all students. And it's missing. And so, you know, I'm 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 one of a bunch of other people, you know, to try to help uh try to help that pro with that problem and try to help point to my community, which is you know the, the utmost thing, you know, I think of when I when I think about myself and my family and everything. And that positive impact is definitely being brought here today on Absolutely Not. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your experiences and setting boundaries and your journey with such. Um, this is the part of the show where I open it up to the floor. Feel free to use the chat or come off mute and ask Albert any questions about his book, about his career in education, about his positive impact, and most especially about boundaries. So go ahead. Check your chat. No worries. I have one question for you. Who has helped you so far in your journey for setting boundaries? Has anyone helped you in this journey? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of um, mentors that I have in different capacities. <clears throat> when it comes to employment, um, I mean, my dad, um, I mean, he's a person who has left jobs, you know, he's walked away from opportunities because people were not willing to respect his boundaries. Um, you know, I, I literally remember helping him pack up his office at a previous job, he was like, somebody asked me to do something crazy. I told them I wasn't going to do it multiple times. They kept asking me. So yeah, I'm going to transition to something else. <laughs> um, so my, my dad is definitely one of them. Um, and then, you know, some people is, is not as explicit, 
right? It's not like somebody saying like, hey, this is how you set boundaries, but you just kind of watch people. You know, you kind of watch how they work, how they interact with people, um, how they show up. And so I think that's, that's one of my coworkers um, now, her name is Shanae. I, I, I love the way that she shows up at work um, because she gives, you know, 100,000% um, at work, but once it's over, she's given a hundred thousand percent to her own life, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, outside of, outside of her nine to five, which I really appreciate. So just, just watching people, I think is important and, um, different places that I work, I always find kind of like a mentor there, you know, mm-hmm. usually someone older, someone who is uh, more experienced than I am, has more knowledge and wisdom than I possess. And you just, you know, I'm like a, I just attached to them, you know, just, mm-hmm. just naturally to soak up game. Awesome. I'm so glad you were able to find um, positive mentors in any of the organizations you are a part of, but I'm so glad that your dad was like a huge influence for you that um, a lot of people's parental figures or maybe their older mentors have the opposite effect. They're saying like, no, stay at that job for a long time. It's good money, has a good pension, but yeah, change that narrative. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, my dad was, you know, he, he trusted me to, he, when I, when I originally graduated from undergrad uh, with a degree in journalism, he, well, even before I went to Morgan State and I told him, hey, I want to do journalism, I don't think he ever agreed with that decision because he was like, well, how much money are you going to make? And so he would, he would show me like Department of Labor, um, just the statistics and things like that around like what jobs are, paying and what careers you know are high wage and I was like that's nice but I I'm still feeling this you know I'm still feeling this career path and so he, he you know he trusted me he, he trusted I'm gonna make um the right decisions you know when it comes to employment and he knows that when I'm when I'm done I'm done um and you know fortunately I, I have him around mm-hmm. I'm so glad that he's around I love your use of the word trust because a lot of this boundaries um, setting stuff and um, even empowerment comes with trusting ourselves, our abilities and the decisions that we're making for our lives. Um, so it's a lot of trust and having people around you that you feel trusting you helps you in trusting yourself. So that's great. Um, let me check the chat one more time. Y'all got no questions? Okay, that's fine. I have more questions for you. Um, do you have any coping mechanisms that you use currently to kind of help you set healthier boundaries in your lives? There's a ton. And I, it's funny because in my book, I actually wrote a chapter about um, relieving stress. Mm. You know, work, your job is one of the biggest stressors in your life. <laughs> you know, um, it, it can be. And so there, there's so many things that I try to make, again, like life practices. So whether I was working somewhere or not, these are things that I want to do because I feel like they're beneficial to, to me as a person and my health. So um, aromatherapy, um, going outside, getting fresh air. Like sometimes like I, I, especially now, we spend so much time just like staring at a computer screen and then we go outside and it's like nighttime because we just spent all day in front of our computer. So um, I don't know if it's a boundary or not, but just making sure that I get some some fresh air and some sunshine. Like even after this, um, I'm gonna go to uh, not a park, but like a lake that's not too far away from my house, just to walk around and, and chill. Um, 
So that's that's really important to me. I, I started therapy not too long ago, um, and that's been really helpful. Just again, outside of work, these are things that I just find valuable just as a man, as a black man, <laughs> you know, just as being myself. Um, what else? Uh, try, trying to get my diet a little better. Uh, <laughs> stay away from so many, so many of the sweets and the treats that they're always out here enticing me. Um, so, you know, working on that, but there, there's so many things that people can do and it, it, it's really dependent upon who you are, um, what your experience is, you know, how, how you want to value yourself, how you want to, um, live for yourself. And, you know, people have a million practices. Like I said earlier, I watch people. And so I might pick up something from this person. I might pick up something from that person. Um, even having, I have a plant in my office now, which is helpful to me. And that's something I picked up from so many other people who like, I was like, man, I always wanted a plant on my desk. Um, but beyond just like the, the visual aesthetic of it, like it's actually healthy for the environment, right? Like it's health, healthy for the space. Um, so all of those things, just, just getting up from other people. I love it. And I think it's important to remind anyone in the audience or anyone listening that um, it's okay to pick things up and put them down if they're not for you. Like if, if for some reason I ever picked up the plant and was like, this is cool, but I don't like this anymore. He could move on to aromatherapy, like sitting, people watching, reading, writing a whole book. Um, yeah, you, there's so many things. And if it doesn't work for you, just put it back down. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, have any of your coworkers ever helped you set boundaries at work? Whenever you had to set a boundary with somebody, did anybody ever back you up? Um, yeah, for sure. And, and like I said, almost anywhere I work, I might have a mentor, but then I also have a set of coworkers who, you know, we're tight. That's 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 my clique. You know, uh, when it comes to eat lunch, you know, we eat lunch or. When it comes to project, I'm like, yeah, I want to work with that person. You know, I have those people at different work workplaces, and so um, typically, if I have to set a boundary in the workplace, um, obviously I'll consult my own damn self because I'm grown. But I also am, I'm happy to consult with coworkers um, to people that I really trust, though. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very like it's not everybody, it's not a whole group, but it's people that I'm real close to, and I'll propose like, hey, what do you think about this idea? What do you think about that? Or you know, um, just to get that perspective. And, you know, you, you have to have discernment. Uh, some people might give you advice and thoughts, like you said, putting stuff down. Mm -hmm. Some people might say things that you completely disagree with, or you're like, they're telling you not to do it. And you're like, I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, you know, that, 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 I remember there was a, um, a coworker who I was trying to approach. I didn't know quite know how to approach her about something. And so I, I talked to another coworker who I really trusted and they were like, well, just let it go. That's just how the person is. And I'm like, no, I'm not mm -hmm. letting it go. That might have been how they've been their whole life. But with me, that's not how they're going to be. Mm -hmm. So we've got to figure out a different way to communicate with each other. So just, you know, I bounce ideas off of people and use discernment. And um, most of the time it works out, you know, sometimes it doesn't. That's awesome. Um, and what would you say to the people out there that are probably freaking out right now and saying, well, I don't have discernment. Where do I get it from? You know, you you, you have to get it from uh, yourself, really, you know, but it takes time to build it up. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, um, you know, talk talk to your, your parents, talk to older people, 
talk to people who have lived experience that they can share with you and in order to help you build that up. Um, and maybe even think about maybe you do have it, but maybe you don't have it in a, in a workplace, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe you've had it when you were growing up, right? I'm sure somebody has told you something or provided you with some thoughts that you were like, I'm not really feeling that. So I'm not, I appreciate them for saying it, but I'm not going to do that. You know, that's not something that, that I'm going to do. And so they probably have it, but find ways to tap into it more and, and to really call it, right? Call it out mm-hmm. and, and say like, oh, this is this is an example of me doing it in the past. How can I bring that into to who I am now? How can I bring that to a different situation, a different environment? Um, so really tapping into that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's step by step. This, this is a practice. You know, this, this is a muscle that we work in together. Um, so I'm sure that, you know, people will figure it out. And I'm so thankful that you keep saying the word practice because a lot of people are under the uh, assumption that, okay, boundaries, got them. Now I'm just going to go out there and be like, no, no, get out my way. No, no, no. You have to practice this and you have to be consistent with it. Um, just like you said, that person in your office, they, they've been acting like this their whole life. So they might come back after you set the boundary and say, say the same thing that you just said, don't say that. Um, what would you say some words of encouragement on people on being consistent in their boundaries? Yeah, just, just remember the end goal, you know, Mm. remember the end goal of, of you, of you placing that boundary. Why did you even want to create it in the first, first place? Uh, what's the significance of it? Um, so keeping that at the top of mind, because like you said, it is easy. You you might set a boundary, you might go against it, right? I got this, I'm not going to put my uh, work email on my phone boundary. I don't know. I don't have it in my heart right now that I'm going to do it next week. But let's say I put it on there next week. I need to be able to say, whoa, what, what am I doing? Right? I need Katrina to be like, you just, we had a whole episode. <laughs> you said that you wasn't going to do it. What are you doing? So just reminding yourself, um, and, and I, you know, I remind myself of that peace of mind that a little bit more peace of mind that I have now that it's not on my phone. And I remember what it was like before and how it could be a distraction, how it could take you away from, you know, your reality or what you're dealing with right now. Cause you're constantly looking up work stuff. Cause you know, we want to do, we want to do good work. We want to be good at what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, people want that inherently, but you got to still place boundaries on what that means and, and what that looks like. So remember, remember the end goal, you know, and, and it's not always easy to do, uh, but remember the end goal, maybe set, you know, let, let's say for instance, I was a person who was like, but I got to check my email all the time. I'm going to be lost. Um, maybe I said, if, if I cut it cold turkey, but if, if it was harder for me to do that, maybe I'll say, look, um, on, on certain days, I won't look at it or certain times, you know, mm-hmm. so, so taking those steps, because I know ultimately I want to get to that point, but it takes time, you know, mm-hmm. just like you getting a workout routine or, or setting a new diet, right? Like it's, it's, I don't know many people who can say on Monday, hey, I'm starting this thing. And then Tuesday, they're perfect at it. And they're never going back, <laughs> you know? Right. And it reminds me of all the personal boundaries I've set for myself recently. Recently, I started walking about a mile a day. But let me tell you, week one, I only did it one time. Week two, I only did it like two times, maybe like one and a half times. It just takes time. I now have that boundary like, no, at seven o'clock, we're going to stop whatever we're doing and go for this walk because it's, and the end goal is to live a healthier life. 
oh man, that angle is so important. So I encourage anybody who's listening out there to please take Albert's words and just think about your angle whenever you're setting a boundary and make sure that angle is safety for you, empowerment in yourself and living the best life that you want to live. Because yeah, at the end of the day, if, if you are your best self, then you can do so much more and you can radiate so much more and you can support so many other people, right? So it's not, it's about you, but it's not just about you. Mm. You're a person that really believes in your community and your family and all of these things, then you being your best self is essential to that whole puzzle, you know? You hear that people? Essential. It is essential that you set boundaries and have a healthy life. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. My last question for you today is going to be, what are the top three tips you have for young professionals that are thinking about moving into education, are worried about what's going to happen when they move into it, and about setting boundaries? Yeah, well, education has shifted so much, especially during this pandemic. Um, you know, there, there are teachers who've been teaching for 15, 20 years that when this pandemic hit and everything switched virtual, they became like a first year teacher. <laughs> they were like, wait, how do you do this? Um, and so when it comes to education, I would say that if that's something that you're interested in transitioning to, if possible, I would say volunteer, like spend some time in some classrooms, spend some time maybe even in some after school programs, like build up that muscle of just working around and with young people uh, before you just jump into a classroom and you wanna lead your own classroom, like spend some time with, with other teachers and spend some time with different teachers, right? Spend some time with the teachers who maybe first, second year, third year, and then also spend some time with some teachers who maybe been in there for, for 10, 15, 20 years, right? Maybe a little longer, just to be able to compare and contrast, pick up practices, um, so that's one thing I recommend too, is um, there are many teaching programs that help professionals who are interested in making a career change. Mm. Um, so in Baltimore, and I'm sure they have these in many other cities and states throughout the country, they have um, urban teachers, they have um, Baltimore City teaching residency, they have Teach for America. There are all these different teaching programs. Um, so just research, see which one maybe is best for you. Um, if you don't have that traditional education background, but you're like, hey, I want to make a change. I want to try something different. Um, and, uh, and thirdly, when it comes to boundaries, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know, teachers, it's very easy to eliminate boundaries because um, there's so much to do. Um, you want to talk to every parent all the time. You want to talk to every child. You want to do mentoring. You're like a counselor. You're like a therapist. Like you have all these different roles wrapped up in one as just being an educator. But making sure that you um, say that, hey, you know, at a certain time, at a certain point, we got to cut it off every day um, when it comes to not even just that, but lesson planning. I mean, there's, there's so much that goes into it. I'm not in the classroom right now. I work for, for my school district, but you know, the, these things continue. And so some things are universal, right? Building, building a boundary is a transferable skill, really. Um, it may look differently depending on where you are, but it's something that you're gonna have to do no matter where you go. So just keeping that in mind, um, educators are great. So if that's something that you choose to do, I think you're gonna love it. I think you're gonna find a lot of value out of it. And um, lastly, 
when I was a teacher, especially my first year, I wanted like immediate change in my students. Like if I taught them something or if I, um, if we were working on a particular skill um, or even if I was helping some of them with their behavior, they were just like <laughs> acting crazy sometimes. I, I, I wanted it to be an immediate change, um, but I had to realize that sometimes things take time, right? Sometimes you're, you're planting seeds that in fifth grade, you might not see until they get in high school. And then you're like, I remember when you was in my class, break dancing in the middle of my history lesson. <laughs> now, now you're getting a scholarship to go to college, right? And so you, those things take time, but being willing to, um, being willing to acknowledge that and, and not thinking that, oh, just in your span of your school year, your class, everything's gonna change immediately. Oh my gosh. Um, that last part makes me so happy just because it, it covers everything we talked about. This stuff takes time. Behavior takes time. Transitioning to education, if you make that decision, it's gonna take time. Learning about new skills is gonna take time. And I think us as a society, we're, we're, we try to speed up processes a lot. Like we, we try to zoom past things, but a lot of this is just gonna take time, including boundaries, including changes we wanna see in this society. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that. Um, are there any golden nuggets from y'all hiring that you wanna share or a little sneak peek of the book so I can buy it? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the book, um, one of my favorite parts of the book, um, obviously I wrote it, so a lot is my favorite, but one of my favorite parts is just the, um, the tips that come at the end of some of the chapters. Um, so even if you're like, hey, I don't want to, and the book is not super long, it's just 88 pages, but if you're like, hey, I don't want to read all of the, the parts of the book, I just want to get to the tips, you can go right in and, and look for those little, um, it may be hard to see on camera, you can look for those light bulbs right? Like, ding! And you can just read that. And the book also doesn't have to be read in order. So if you're like, I want to start at the end, or I want to have my teenagers start at the end, that's fine. You, you pick where you want to start. I just encourage you to read the intro. The intro is going to set the book up for you and, and set expectations. But then after that, you can go wherever you want to go with it. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so glad you wrote a book. But thank you so much for being my special guest today. I cannot thank you enough. If nobody has any questions for Albert, we're going to wrap it up for tonight. Once again, this has been absolutely not. I am your host, Katrina Stroll. My special guest today was Albert Phillips Jr. He is doing amazing work. Please reach out to him if you need help with employment or if you need help perspectives of, or if you need a perspective from a Black male teacher. He's definitely the person to reach out to so that you can learn more. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time. Bye.